everybody to today's episode of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the untold and super cool stories of the past lives and side gigs of the market research professionals that you come to rely on on a day-to-day basis. My name is Matt Valley, and today is an extra special episode for me because it marries three of my passions, uh, market research, the drums, and my alma mater at the University of Minnesota, which I'm representing here. And uh, I've got a great story to tell you. By the way, uh, I want to remind everybody that Minnesota beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl in January of this year and finished number 10 in the AP poll uh, at the end of the year. I just have to say that because usually there's not much to cheer for for the Minnesota Gophers, but it was a good year last year and should be a better one this year, I hope. But uh, it's super special because I welcome Chris Post to the program. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. And Chris was my uh, boss when I was a wee lad in this industry uh, for what is now Thomson Writers. So I'm super excited to welcome Chris. She was a wonderful mentor. She showed me the ropes and taught me all about research on the client side. So I'm super excited to have her uh, here on the program. And Chris has been with Thompson, I think, for over 27 years now, is that right? That's right, yep. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of unique uh, nowadays, not just in the industry, but uh, in the world in general, where people are able to, to uh, carve out an entire career uh, with one company. Uh, so that's really exciting. And uh, what people don't know about Chris uh, is that, you know, I thought joining, joining the market research department at Thompson, I thought I was, of course, de facto the best drummer in the department. Well, that turned out not to be true because my boss, Chris, was a drummer for the University of Minnesota marching band. And I would suspect that a lot of people at Thompson don't even know that. So I'm super um, thrilled to be able to share that story. So Chris, thanks so much for joining. <clears throat> and first, tell us a little bit about how you got into market research in the first place and would love to hear a little bit about your journey over the past 27 years. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your podcast, Matt. Um, So how I started out in the market research field is I was attending the University of Minnesota and I needed to get a job. So I opened up the Minnesota (laughs) Daily Newspaper and the biggest ad was for Project Research, a small Mm -hmm. market research company in Minneapolis located just off campus in Dinkytown. So I called up the phone number, they hired me on the spot, and I started working there as a telephone survey interviewer. I did that for a few months, balancing it with school and marching band. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were super flexible with the students. It was staffed almost entirely by students. Um, It was was a a great opportunity to fit it in with my schedule. And uh, I really liked it, but... What really appealed to me was the business-to-business surveys, more so than the consumer surveys. So I ended up adjusting my schedule so that I could work there during the day, mm-hmm. did daytime uh, business-to-business surveying, and then started working for the office staff. So as a phone center supervisor and, and really kept kind of moving my way up. So mm-hmm. while I transferred to the Carlson School of Management at the, at the University of Minnesota and attended classes at night, graduated with a degree in business. Um, I just kept working my way up at Project Research initially. And then once I 
about a year after I graduated, I graduated during the Gulf War, so it was really hard to find a job. So I stayed with Project mm -hmm. Research for a while. But um, uh, I had an opportunity to apply at Thomson Reuters, which the time was called West Publishing, and my husband worked there. Right. So I was able to leverage his connections to get a job in the market research department at Thomson Reuters. That's how I ended up there. So it was it was just a really nice, smooth transition. I, at the time I took that job, I had no idea that that was the career that I was going to end up in. Sure. Um, but it sure worked out really, really nice and actually influenced my choice to go into business just because I really enjoyed the the field so much. And so my entire career has been, my entire working career has been in market research. That's great. That's great. So I uh, would love to hear a little bit about what's changed over that time. Uh, I, I remember uh, thinking about my experience in the market research department and the industry looked so much different then than it does now. would love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a little bit crazy when I was first starting out. Um, you know, it was... We were still doing paper surveys uh, over the telephone uh, for a lot of work. Um, even the, um, from a corporate side in the corporate market research department at West Publishing, um, initially a lot of the, the information we were gathering was through our customer service department mm -hmm. where they would fill out paper forms and in our office memo them to us. So we would tabulate them in uh, you know one, two, three and, and uh, <laughs> print out memos and walk them down to the executive's offices. So. It was very low tech, you know, in the beginning. And mm -hmm. really, um, it, the reason I've stayed so long is because it's just constantly evolving. And the, the techniques and the technology and the evolution of the industry, you know, we've really been able to take that um, and embrace it and really build on what we're doing as a department. Uh, when I first started at, at West Publishing, you know, it was very, very simple simplistic types of work. Um, you know, now I lead an enterprise group across all of Thomson Reuters, all the divisions. Um, you know, we're providing competitive monitoring, competitive intelligence, market mm -hmm. research. Uh, you know, we're, we're influencing strategic business decisions. So um, even though I've been at the, the same place for a really long time, it, you know, every two or three years, it's almost like it's a completely different job just because the evolution of both the business and the industry. Right, right. No, it's, uh, it's been quite a journey, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, but let's, let's hear the good stuff. So uh, tell us about how you got into the marching band and, and maybe a good story from those days. Sure, yeah. So when, when I was in high school, I was in the band in, in school, and um, I, I went to school in St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, the band director of the University of Minnesota marching band came to our inner city school and uh, talked to us about joining the marching band, going to the University of Minnesota for school and joining the marching band. Um, and then he invited us to come and watch one of their concerts. And it was cool. just an incredible experience. I, I just knew this, this is what I wanted to do. So I chose the University of Minnesota so that I could be in the University of Minnesota marching band. Um, and I went and I tried out and it was a really humbling experience because I'm coming from a situation where I was the best drummer at, at my high school, but so was every single other person who was, who was trying out for right. the drum line at the university. So the competition was fierce and right. there were only two openings. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, I tried out. I was not going to be considered for the snare drum because uh, all the other players were so much better than I was. So uh, I tried out for the bass drum and there was one opening and I got second place. So uh, I was what was called an alternate, which means that I attended all the practices. I played in the pregame. I played in the stands, but I didn't participate in the halftime shows for my first season. Everybody below me was cut. So these are wow. kids who went to the University of Minnesota, showed up two, three weeks early, uh, you know, went through marching band spat camp and trained, and uh, then then were cut from the marching band just because it was so competitive. Wow! So that was that was absolutely a, a humbling experience, and I did go on to to stay for two more years as a you know an active member of of the marching band. The next year, I was uh, you know a regular member. I played the bass drum, and then I played the the quads. Mm-hmm. the tenor drums Yep. Um, for my third year um, before I finally retired from the band. <laughs> so it was, it was a great experience, but it was, you know, very, very eye-opening. Wow. That's, that's really cool. It sounds like the drum line was more competitive than the football team at the time. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. They struggled a little bit. Um, you know, one of the bonuses of being in the marching band though, was that we were also the pep band. So I did get to go to the Meadowlands with the basketball team. So oh, for the Sweet 16, cool. that was awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. Very cool. So um, are there, it sounds like a really interesting experience. Uh, Are there any lessons that you might draw in retrospect from that experience that you carried into your professional life? Yeah, I would say that the thing I really learned was how to combine working hard individually and working hard as a team Mm -hmm. with having fun. Um, you know, right. I was always more of a, a serious person and, uh, you just, you just can't be serious at the marching band. They're just a, a ton, ton of rollicking fun. It's just yeah. everything, everything that that group did is, is a blast. And so, um, but you know, that said, they're very serious about the music and very serious about the marching and really putting on a high quality performance. Right. Um, and so it was, it was really great to have that camaraderie of people who, really were um, passionate about doing a great job, um, but then also really understanding that it's not just you. It's not just you and your part. It's your part and everybody else's part and working together to get something really amazing accomplished and have fun while you're doing it. And so really those are the values that I brought into my professional career. Yeah, and that that, that certainly resonates uh, with me in terms of working with you. Uh, for, for several years, so that, that makes a lot of sense. So um, given your background, just being um, in the same industry for a long time, and in particular in business to business, which you know, is quite a bit different than consumer research, very interested to know from your perspective, what matters today in market research <clears throat> and maybe some thoughts on where the industry is headed. Yeah, I think um, really, Accuracy, of course, is is paramount as it as it always has been. Um, I know that um, a lot of the 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 panels um, have been under scrutiny for a long time. I know that um, you know some of the technology is really helping root out the um, kind of the problems with the data collection and dirty data and so forth. So, I mean, that continues to really be a, a, an important role. Um, I feel like um, the really the strategy 
part of it is 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 key, and some of the uh, text analytics and other tools really helping us gather and analyze big data and draw conclusions is is really helpful. Um, you know, it's it's just. It's it's just the combination of kind of the developments in technology and software and the evolution of the expectations of the role, I think, to being sure. more of a business partner um, mm -hmm. instead of an executor, kind of yep. on this this corporate legal research or corporate research department side. Um, so I feel like it's it's really that that combination that that's um, kind of the the new um, expectation. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, interested to know what kinds of media you're listening to or reading uh, today, or maybe in the past that you've really drawn inspiration from in your career or or your personal life. Sure. Yeah. Um, ironically, since this is a podcast, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's just not my thing. This is the first. Um, yeah, it is. It is a first. Um, I would say uh, probably one of the books that had the biggest influence on me in terms of my management style was First Break All the Rules by mm -hmm. Marcus Buckingham from, from Gallup. Right. Um, that really helped me kind of settle on my managerial style, um, understanding people's strengths and playing to those strengths and not trying to harp on their weaknesses um, really just to downplay that and to have a complementary team that can kind of make up for any shortcomings so that you can really leverage an individual's strengths. Right. So for me, that was kind of a, a key pivotal book in my career. Um, I would say more recently, I've, I've had a book on my <laughs> nightstand that I've been trying to get through for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, the, the, the premise behind it is fascinating. It's um, Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Okay. And it's about how people make decisions and how the things that happen right before they make the decision really have an impact on what their decision is. Mm -hmm. And so I've been really thinking more about how that impacts survey design um, sure. So what you tell the, the survey respondent before you show them the thing and get them to react to it, um, how that affects the way they answer it, and also in terms of marketing and, and sales pitch. So, you know, what can, what can a marketer or a salesperson say first that really sets the stage um, to really help the, the, the customer make the decision, you know, in the context that you're trying to set and for them to see the value of what you're trying to offer. Um, sure. So he's got lots of great examples and scientific studies in his book. Um, it's 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 just a little, it's not really light reading, I guess. It's it's not scientific. It's just a little bit of a slog. Sure. Um, but you know the 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 premise behind it is is very very smart. Cool, cool, excellent. Well, if you've seen uh, any of the episodes of this podcast so far, uh, you know what my next question is going to be. Uh, it is the rock and roll research podcast after all. So you're stranded on a desert island, Chris, and you've got three records that will take you through to the end of your days. Uh, what are they? All right. I'm going to go with the Eagles Hotel, California. Okay. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Mm -hmm. I know Dark Side of the Mood is more critically acclaimed, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of The Wall. I seem to remember a Pink Floyd connection there. So yeah. I've 
I'm not surprised <laughs> at that one. And then I'm going to go with um, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Very nice. Very nice. Well, <clears throat> good enough choices that I might uh, come and pay you a visit on your island uh, for a cup <laughs> of coffee, if that's all right. <laughs> well, I have, uh, I have a little treat for you here before I leave. Uh, so I was at, uh, it was called West Group at the time, right? See, this is my five-year anniversary gift. You know, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is my five-year belt buckle. The belt buckle the belt with buckle. the West Group logo. So classy. Glued right in the middle. So I uh, just had to uh, remind you of that, uh, that gem, which is a prized possession of mine. It's made every move that I've made since I left. <laughs> so... <laughs> Excellent. Well, this this is wonderful, Chris. Uh, I must thank you again. Uh, you were a wonderful uh, person to work under, to learn under, uh, as I was uh, just getting my footing in this industry. And so you set a very high bar uh, for the managers that I've had uh, ever since. So I really appreciate that. And it's always great to reconnect with you. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your thoughts today. Thank you, Matt. All right. Rock and roll, Chris. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>